to the Love Life Church podcast and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. setting the life of David, a champion. Come on, a giant killer. We got any giant killers in the house? Let's go. We are cleaning house. We cleaning out the closet. We cleaning out all the boogeymans. We cleaning out all the dirty laundry. Let's go out of here, right? Are we? Let's go, right? We got nothing to fear. How are you guys enjoying the life of David? Right? The life of David, the study of David. We're going to jump into another story about David tonight. David, the giant killer, the shepherd boy, the passionate lover of God, the mighty warrior, right? The songwriter, that songwriter, the skilled musician, the king of Israel, the faithful and loyal covenant friend. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. So there's so many stories about David. There's so many recordings of him. So we're going to talk about faithful and loyal friend, that covenant friend. How many of y'all want a loyal one in your life? A faithful, loyal friend. Let me tell you, you got to be one to get one. You got to be one to reap one, right? So it's time to level up in our loyalty, right? David, the faithful friend, man of his word, obedient hearer and doer of God's will, quick to repent, change directions, the good-looking, ruddy, brave young man, right? David, a man after God's own heart. David's life gives us so many examples. We look to the Old Testament for examples, right, to show us how to do it and how not to do it. A smart person, a wise person looks to the examples. How do I want to handle my relationships? How do I want to handle my finances? How do I want to handle my career pursuit? How do I want to handle things? You look, and instead of repeating history, you make history fulfilling the will of God for your life, in your life. But you need to seek God's word, be transformed to even know what God's will is. How many of you are hungry to know God's will for your life? I am so hungry every day of my life. God, what is your will? What is your plan? What is your purpose? Because let me tell you, I need purpose on this life. I'm not just to hear, breathe, sleep, and, you know, make a little love, get down tonight. That's how old. What? I don't even know. The songs that run through my head. If I could just reel that back in. Please forgive me. Rewind. Erase. I'm back. If only that's how it works. But no, that's stuck in your head for the rest of your life. (laughs) No, but I don't want to just breathe. I don't want to just exist. I don't want to just be here. I want to live life on purpose, with purpose, with passion and zeal for the house of God, with passion and zeal for the love of God, right? For God. I want to be a living example of experiencing the tangible relationship with Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I want to be a tangible experience for the world to see that the scripture is 
is alive, that Jesus is alive in me, in you, in us. He is alive. Fan that flame. Stir up the gift. That is your job. That is your responsibility. I'm not just passionate because I got a passionate personality. No, I'm passionate because I choose passion and I choose love and I choose loyalty every day of my life. It is a choice. Loyalty is a choice. Love is a choice. Choose love and choose to love your life and create a life that you love. Get passionate about the things of God that will stir up in you. Get passionate about the things of God because you know what? We're supposed to love others how we love ourselves and most of us don't even love ourselves. You can't love yourself if you've never met love. His name is Jesus. God is love. Real love. Please stand up. Please stand up. That's Jesus. He is love. You experience love. You find out that God loved you first. Then you finally even know what love is. Love suffers long. That's the kind of love that you suffer long even with yourself. You got to wake up to yourself every day and choose love. Choose God. Choose loyalty. It's another day to serve you another day to discover your plan and your will for my life. It's another day to be alive. Life is but a vapor here and gone. Live on purpose. David's life gave us an example of a relentless life, of a successful life, of an adventurous life, a passionate life, right? A life of humility, a life of zeal for the house of God, and a life of purpose. 1 Samuel 17, 57. When David returned from killing Goliath, the Philistine, Abner, the commander of the Israel army, took him and brought him before King Saul. He brought him before King Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. Remember? David went, took out the Philistine, and then David's still carrying around the head. Because he's like, here's, uh, I want my prize, <laughs> remember? He's like, I get a bride. Remember he was like, I get a bride. I get to be a son. I get in the family, in the kingdom, right? He's like, so here it is. Remember, they don't got no phones. They don't have no selfies. They don't have no instant replay. He's holding it like this. Here it is. Yes. So he goes, he goes to King Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. Saul asked him, Whose son are you, young man? And David answered, I am the son of your servant, Jesse of Bethlehem. All right, now we're diving into 18. 1 Samuel 18, 1. When David had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan, the son of Saul, the next in line for the throne, was bound and knit together with the soul of David. Guys, Jonathan, he's older. He is the king's son. He is a warrior. He was there with the army 40 days and 40 nights. He was there with them paralyzed and gripped by fear. He was there with them arming up every single day, going out to face the giant and then coming home in fear. Every morning, every night, there was Jonathan. And then Jonathan sees David. He's like, who is this kid? God is with him. 
God is with him. He recognized that. He could see it. And his heart, his soul was bound and knit together to the soul of David. And Jonathan loved David. He loved as he loved himself. Saul took David that day. So I was like, you with me. <laughs> and he did not let him return to his father's house. Then Jonathan made a covenant. Look at your neighbor say, a covenant. Here's your covenant. Here's your loyal friend. He made a covenant with David. He made a pledge, an alliance. Come on, a brotherhood pact. He made a commitment. He made an oath. He made a promise. He made a loyalty unto death agreement. This is how these warriors roll. This is how they roll. This is how they understand the word covenant. In this day, in this age, we don't even know what that word means. We don't even know what it means to be a real one, but we're going to look. We're going to look to the word. We're going to look to the example so that we have an example. We have a picture for ourselves to see what loyalty looks like, to see what love and loyalty looks like, to see what it looks like to prefer one another, to see what it looks like. Because Jonathan, the son of Saul, loved David as himself. Jonathan took off his outer coat of his high rank. So he's a high rank. He is a son of the king. He is royalty. He takes off this high coat, high coat, this coat of high rank that he was wearing and gave it to David. He gives it to the shepherd boy. He gives it to this teen kid with his armor. This is Jonathan recognizing God's anointing. This is Jonathan recognizing he better make a covenant with his future. He recognizes it. He gives his armor. He gives his sword. He gives his bow. He gives his belt. Because Jonathan recognized that God was with David. Jonathan recognized the miracle that he just witnessed. With my own eyes, this little shepherd boy came and took out a giant warrior. We are trained soldiers. We are warriors. My dad, the champion, right? All of us, we were scared in our boots. This shepherd boy comes up. This little teen boy comes up and takes out a giant warrior. God's with him. God's anointed him. God is with him. Jonathan recognizes David's passion for God. He's like, the giant came and he spoke and we scared, you scared, we scared. David hears what the giant said. David runs after him. David's like, I'm scared for you speaking like that about the one true God. You better be running. So Jonathan recognizes what is it that he has? David has great trust in God. G David has great passion for God. David has great courage in God. And we learned, Pastor Dan told us, what did he say? Courage is what? Contagious. One person did it, let's go. Guys, here we go. We went to this little farm. And on this little farm, they had a little, a little, Ride, let's call it. I love roller coasters. I crave the adrenaline to just fling around. I hate falling out of the sky with a passion. Anything that's just like, 
Who wants to do that? The, falling, the roller coaster is down. The falling out of the sky, I'm scared. Straight up. And Daniel's like, yeah, every time Daniel, with this, if we go to the state fair, anything, he wants to fall out of the sky. What's the one at Disney World where you fall out of the sky? This same, I have the same face in every single one of these rides. But you know what? Courage is contagious. So I'm, I'm hyping myself up. Let's go. Okay. I think I'm giving myself more worked up, though, you know? I don't know why I start like, ah! Daniel's like, just calm down. You got this. He wants to do it. For the rest of my life, I don't care how old I am, if he goes on a roller coaster, I'm going. I'm going. Courage is contagious. I need to catch some of it, okay? So, uh, we, first of all, I'm jumping. To, you have to, like, jump to get in it. So first of all, I'm jumping, and I can't, my little legs can't even get me in it. So it hits my back, then it hits my head. Daniel literally, like, picked me up and threw me in the little thing. So then, then I've lost a little weight since the last time I've been on the roller coaster. And I'm pushing it down, and I'm like, it's not down, you know? Because before, there was no room. There wasn't this wiggle room. What is that? The roller coaster should be pressing down on you. There was room. And I'm like, Daniel, Daniel, push. mine's not down all the way. Mine's not down all the way. So he's pushing it down. It's clicked. It's down. But in my mind, it's not down all the way. I'm saying it so many times. Daniel's checking if his is down, you know. <laughs> and then we, there we go. I wish I had the video to show you guys what they did to me. It's like this. <laughs> That's what we did, but like 100 feet in the sky. And why am I sharing this? I have no idea, but courage is courageous, and it, it are c- c- contagious. I somehow didn't catch it, <laughs> but I did it. And for the rest of my life, I will get on every ride and just do it afraid, you know, like just get it done. <laughs> And then we get off. I'm like, I'm like, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. And then by the end of the night, I'm like, I did that one. Yeah. That, you know, like I'm all hyped. Like, yeah, I own that. I mean, my legs were jelly for like a good 30 minutes, but I did that. Right. Jonathan, all that silliness. But for, I'm serious. I don't care how old I will be. I will still get on whatever ride he gets on. Like, that's just how it goes. Okay. That's how it goes. But David, Jonathan recognized there's something about David. He's got trust in God. He's passionate about God. He's got courage in God. David's got great confidence in God. David knew that God would deliver him, right? David had communion with God. David had great communication with God. Jonathan was the trained soldier. Jonathan was the son of Saul. Jonathan is the next in line for the throne. Man, people, if you read the Bible, they'll straight kill their dad for the throne. Brothers will kill each other for the throne. They just come after the throne. And what did Jonathan do? He takes off his coat. He takes off his armor. He's like, here you go. Here you go. Jonathan, right, he put all that royalty entitlement to the side. He put all his titles, 
all that high ranking to the side and recognize God's anointing on David. So Jonathan makes a loyalty agreement with David, a brotherhood pact between them two and the Lord, right? And from that moment, Jonathan loved David as his own soul. Jonathan recognized the assignment. Let's go. Paul said in Galatians 5.13, For you, my brothers, were called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the sinful nature, worldliness, selfishness, but through love, right? Through what? Through love, serve, and seek the best for one another. Through love, we should be seeking the best. We should be serving each other, got each other's back, right? For the whole law concerning human relationship is fulfilled in one precept. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is, you shall have unselfish concern for others and do things on their behalf, for their behalf. Jonathan loved David as his own soul. Jonathan laid down his pride. He laid down his high-ranking status as the king's son. He laid it all down because Jonathan loved David as his own soul. That's love, guys. That's real love. That's a, that's a brotherhood right there, right? And Jonathan recognized God's anointing. Jonathan is the kind of ride or die you want in your life. Jonathan is the kind of brother, the kind of friendship, the kind of loyalty that you want in your corner. Jonathan, right, he's that loyal friend that you want in your life. He's that loyal love that you want by your side. There comes a great security. Two are better than one. Let's go. I got jumped in seventh grade by six girls. I was holding my own for three. When three more came in, they were bigger. I, I, I just grabbed the smallest one and went like this. That's what I did. But let me tell you, I was like, where's my sister? <laughs> if Chantel was here, we could have took them all. If Chantel was here, I'm like, where were you? Where were you? She was in ninth grade, and she was like way on the other side. I was in seventh grade, so these seventh graders came after me, but then three ninth graders came, and then, then you're like, okay, like that's a lot. And even, that's, six people is a lot. You can only do so much. Two are better than one. And then Chantal was like, if I was there, we could have took them. And it was just so funny because we had the same response. And my mom comes and picks me up, and it was like, it was a, it was a big deal, I guess, you know? But anyways, who's pulling all the stories out tonight? Who's doing it? Reel it back in. It's that loyal friend. Come on, you got a loyal one. That loyal kind of love on your side. Proverbs 18, 24. The man of many friends, a friend of all the world, will prove himself a bad friend. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Let's go. Here's that same scripture in many different translations. Some friends pretend to be friends. Will you be my friend? Being a fake friend, a phony friend, a use you friend. 
but a true friend sticks closer than a brother. Some friends don't help you, but a true friend is closer than your own family. Some friends are fun to be with, but a true friend can be better than a brother. Some friends may ruin you, but a real friend will be more loyal, clean closer than a brother. Some friendships don't last, but some friends are more loyal than brothers. Friends come and friends go, but a true friend sticks by your side like family. Because uh, Ohana, or what is the word? I just watched the movie for the first time. No one gets left behind. I just watched that movie for the first time and I cried my eyes out. But anyways, we family. We're better together. We're stronger together. We're in this together. We may not have it all together, but together we got it all. Let's go. We love life. Come on, we're some loyal ones, right? We're the loyal ones. We're the few. I'm, I'm confessing by faith. A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Someone may have many so-called friends, and they end up friendless but a true friend is closer than a brother it's crazy that in this generation we got so many friends called followers and friends a like for a like a friend for a friend right yet somehow this generation is so friendless they have no real ones they're sad depressed and lonely like straight up lonely this is for real. But you could have a thousand friends, Facebook friends, Instagram friends, Snappity Chat Chat friends, you know, dissolving friends, disappearing friends, whatever it is nowadays, tickety talk friends, followers. I don't even know if they're friends anymore. Whatever it is. Yet you got nobody. Just lonely, depressed, sad, isolating, having no real ones by your side having no loyal ones in your corner, having no understanding of even what true friendship is. True friendship is laying down one's life. True friendship is laying down one's pride. True friendship is laying down one's own selfish ambition. And true friendship is going on roller coaster rides you don't want to go on. <laughs> no, just kidding. Right? That's true friendship, laying down one's life, laying down one's pride, laying down one's own selfish ambition, proving yourself as a loyal friend, not demanding, proving yourself to be a loyal one, proving yourself to be a real one, proving yourself to have each other's back, speaking the truth in love, in love, ever growing in love and loyalty. Jesus said in John 15, 12, this is my commandment that you love and unselfishly seek the best for one another, just as I have loved you. No one has greater love nor stronger commitment than to lay down his own life for his friend. This is exactly what Jonathan did. This is exactly what Jesus did, right? Get you some real friends. Be a real one, right? Be a real one. Proverbs 27, 5, 7. Better is an open rebuke of loving correction. Can nobody tell me nothing? You can't tell me nothing. Then you ain't got a real one and you ain't a real one. 
If nobody can tell you nothing, can nobody tell you nothing, you have no real friends in your corner. You got no loyal ones that truly got your back. Better is an open rebuke of loving correction than love that is hidden. Faithful are the wounds of a friend who corrects out of love and concern. But the kisses and the likes and the hearts and the comments, you slaying girl slay. I mean, girls just be pumping up each other, yet they backbite, talk trash, dog out, eye cat, cat eye, whatever you want to call it, side eye in real life. So petty, so catty. Be a real one. Lay down your pride. Lay down your own selfish ambition. Encourage one another. Build each other up. But the kisses of an enemy are deceitful because they serve hidden agendas. Paul said in Ephesians 4.15, instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. We are knit together. We fit together. We are better together. We need each other. We all play a special part. Jonathan didn't care. He laid down his title. He laid down his rights, and he played his part well. He understood the assignment. It's time to wake up to your part. You will not be fulfilled in life until you play your part. You can't run somebody else's race. You can't be somebody else. Don't be jealous. Don't be chasing. I wish, I wish, I wish I could be them. Be you. Be the best version of you. Be the God version of you. Live your best life. God, Jesus is knitting us together as each part does its own special work. It helps each other grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of unselfish love. This is what we're called to do, to be the loyal ones, right? Jonathan and David formed a bond and their hearts were knit together in unselfish love and loyalty. Jonathan could have easily chose to be jealous of David. He could have easily chose to hate him. He could have easily chose to go after and try to kill him, just like his dad did. Because that's exactly what Saul did. Saul got jealous. He got angry. He got envious. But Jonathan, he chose unselfish love and loyalty. 1 Samuel 18, 5. So David went out wherever Saul sent him, and he acted wisely, and he prospered. And Saul appointed him over the men of war, and it pleased all the people and also Saul's servants. As they were coming home, when David returned from killing the Philistine, the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing and to meet King Saul with tambourines. I could not find the tambourine because I was ready to throw down with the tambourine. It was going to be a blast. But I couldn't find it. It's always up here. But the day you need it, it's cold. Hide and seek. It just grew wings. And it's somewhere. It's somewhere. I'm going to find it tomorrow. And we're just going to have a laugh, you know. I'll just come and sing a little song for the boys. No, I'm going to be like, Tosh. That's really what happens. Just kidding. 
King Saul, they had the tambourines singing songs of joy, musical instruments, and the women sang and they played and they danced. Saul has slain his thousands and David, ten thousands. They're like, woohoo! Because that Goliath, that's 10,000 right there. You know, they're like, yeah! Then Saul became very angry for these sayings displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David 10,000s. But to me, they've only ascribed 1,000. Now, what more can he have but the kingdom? So Saul looked at David with suspicion. Look at all sus. And he was jealous from that day forward. He chose jealousy. Saul, I mean, Jonathan could have chose jealousy. But what did Jonathan choose? Love and loyalty. Love and loyalty. Jonathan, he could have easily been jealous of David, just like his dad. But he chose to make him his best friend. That's my best friend. That's my best friend. Right? He, Jonathan, that's what he chose. Choose your friends wisely. Everybody shouldn't be your best friend. You got a best friend everywhere we go. That says something about you, my friend. Choose your friends wisely. Choose your emotions wisely. You could choose jealousy or you can choose unselfish love, right? Choose your thoughts wisely. Because the thought could have came in to Jonathan. Oh, hate him. But he chose a better thought, right? Samuel, 1 Samuel 19 Saul called his son Jonathan together with his servants and ordered them to kill David. That jealousy, that, that took it to another level. You could be jealous, then straight up you, you, you do a kill order, that's next level. That's next level. So Saul called, he called for his son Jonathan together with his servants, ordered them to kill David. But because Jonathan loved David, he went and warned him, my father, he's looking for a way to kill you. <laughs> Run for your life. Here's what I want you to do. Tomorrow morning, hide and stay hidden. I'll go out with my father into the field where you're hiding. I'll talk about you with my father, and we'll see what he says. Then I'll report back to you. Jonathan brought up David with his father, speaking well of him. Please, he says to his father, don't attack David. He hasn't wronged you, has he? And just look at all the good he has done. He put his life on the line when he killed the Philistine. What a great victory God gave Israel that day. You were there, Dad. <laughs> Remember? Remember the fragments? You forgot the story. You did your own narrative, right? People do that. Remember the story? Remember what happened? You were there, Dad. Dad, you were there. I was there. We were all there. It went down in history. You saw it. And we're on your feet applauding with everybody else. So why would you even think of sinning against an innocent person, killing David for no reason? That covenant they made, that loyalty, Jonathan went and he pleaded on David's behalf. He spoke good of him. He pleaded for his life. Saul listened to Jonathan and said, you're right, son. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> As God lives, David lives, he will not be killed. And then he takes the kill order off. Man down. Or no, stand down. Not man down. <laughs> stand down. 
Jonathan sent for David and reported to him everything that was said. Then he brought David back to Saul and everything was so fine again. War broke out again. David goes out, fights the Philistines. He beats them badly with great victory. They all ran for their lives and Saul gets what? Jealous again. He gets jealous. He returns. Uh, David returns and Saul's like, kill him. David keeps fleeing for his life, escaping Saul's jealousy and anger. And there's still so much to the story. <laughs> and we're running out of time. So this is, this is what's going on. You guys see what's happening? You see the dance? Woo! And then Saul gets jealous. Kill him! So David, in 1 Samuel 20, David gets out of the city alive and went to Jonathan. And he's like, what have I done now? What wrong have I inflicted on your father that makes him so determined to kill me? Nothing, said Jonathan. You've done nothing wrong. You're not going to die. Really, you're not. My father tells me everything. He does nothing, whether big or small, without confiding in me. So why would he do this behind my back? It cannot be so. Jonathan's like, it's going to be all right. I got your back. We're in this together. But David said, your father knows that we are best friends. So he says to himself, Jonathan must not know nothing. If he does, he'll side with David. But it's true, as sure as God lives and as sure as you're alive before me right now, he's determined to kill me. These are some besties, like, help. Jonathan said, tell me what you have in mind. I'll do anything for you. I will do anything for you. David said, tomorrow marks the new moon. I'm scheduled to eat dinner at the king, with the king, at the king's table. Instead, I'm going to go hide. That's smart. David, that's really smart, okay? Instead, I'm going to go hide in the field until evening of the third night. If your father misses me, man, this is a moody, temperamental guy. He be moody. You think you got mood swings? From death threat to I love you. If your father misses me, David, David asked if he could run. Okay, if your father misses me, tell him. David asked if he could run down to Bethlehem, his hometown, for an anniversary reunion and worship with his family. If he says, good, then I'm safe. But if he gets angry, you'll know that he had planned in his mind to kill me. So, okay, stick with me on this. You entered, and then, okay, who's talking? You entered into a covenant of God with me. Remember, if I'm in the wrong, David's like, if I'm in the wrong, you kill me. He's like, if I'm wrong, that's his heart. We made a covenant, you, me, and God. And if I'm wrong, you kill me. Don't even take me to your father. Why bother giving me up to your father? Jonathan said, never. No, not never. I'd never do that. And if I get the slightest hint that my father is going to kill you, I will tell you. I give you my word. David asked, and whom will you get to tell me if your father comes back with a harsh answer? So come outside. They're like, come outside. Let's go out to the field. Jonathan, let's go to the field. When the two of them were out in the field, Jonathan, as God, the God of Israel is my witness. By this time tomorrow, I will get out of my father how he feels about you. Then I will let you know what I have learned. 
May God do his worst to me if I let you down. If my father still intends to kill you, I will tell you and I will get you out of here in one piece. And God be with you as he's been with my father. And if, and if, it, and if I make it through this alive. This, this is both of them with their life on the lines. Jonathan, you, they're both scared for their life. I'm like, who's talking? Right? Jonathan's like, if I, make this, if I make it out of this alive, continue your covenant with me as friends. And if I die, keep the covenant friendship that we made with my family forever. And when God finally rids the earth of all David's enemies, stay loyal to Jonathan. Jonathan repeats his plea of friendship, his pledge of friendship to David. He loved David more than he loved his own soul. That's a real one. That's a ride or die. We need a picture of friendship. We find a picture in the word of God. We find this picture, this beautiful story of friendship. Jonathan then laid out his plan. Tomorrow is the new moon and you will be missed when you don't show up for dinner. On the third day when, they, when they've quit expecting you, come to the place where you hid before. Wait by this boulder and I'll shoot out some arrows into the direction of the boulder and I'll send my servant. Go find the arrows. If I yell after the servant, the arrows are on the other side, retrieve them. That's the signal that you can run home. Right? So they're just making all these code words. Isn't this so fun? Right? Not really if your life's on the line, but it's fun reading. That's the signal, okay? That's the signal. And then you've got nothing to fear. But if I yell, the arrows are further out, run for your life. Run for your life. God wants you out of here. Regarding all that we've discussed, remember that God is in on this with us to the very end. You're going to have a bestie, God better be the center. God's word better be the center. God better be the focus. God between you and me for the rest of our lives. So David healed in the field. The holiday of the new moon came. The king's table is out. He sat and he, the king sat where he always sits at his place. And Jonathan across the table from him. Abner right beside him. But David didn't show. Saul doesn't mention anything. He's just eating at the table, thinking something may have happened to David. He might be unclean, so he's not allowed to come today on this holy meal. The next day, the next new moon, day two of the holiday, David's seat was empty again. Saul asked, Jonathan, where's your bestie? You little liar. John, no, Saul says worse stuff, guys. If you read this for yourself, you should read the Bible. It's fun, Right? Saul asked his son, so where's that son of Jesse? He hasn't eaten with us either yesterday or today. Jonathan said, Dad, I'm so glad that you asked. David asked for special permission to go to Bethlehem, he said. Please give me leave to attend a family reunion back at home. My brothers ordered me to be there. So this is the story that they made up, and this is the story that he's telling his dad. right? And that's why he's not here at the king's table. Saul exploded with anger. Jonathan, you son of a, s that word. It's in the Bible, but for some reason I feel weird about saying it. You son of a, read it for yourself, okay? Don't you think I know you and your bestie are in together on these lies and schemes? 
you little disgraceful son, both you and your mother. Yeah, that's what it says. There's more stuff in there. You got to read it for yourself. Depends on what version you read. It's getting wild in here. For as long as the son of Jesse is walking around free on this earth, your future, Jonathan, in this kingdom is at risk. You should hate him as much as me. You should, he's after the throne. You should be jealous as much as me. Anybody tried to make you hate somebody as much as them? Run. Run. Now go and get him. Bring him here. From this moment, he's as good as dead. Jonathan stood up from his father's table. Why dead? What has he done? Saul threw a spear at Jonathan. Right there at the king's table. Good thing Jonathan can duck, I guess. Threw a spear. That convinced Jonathan. I think my dad wants to kill him. Bro, he almost killed you. Jonathan's like, okay, that's, that's the confirmation I needed. Some, some of you guys waiting for confirmation. That's a confirmation. Run. Jonathan stormed from the table, fiercely angry, and he ate nothing for the rest of the day. Upset for David, he grieved under the humiliation from his father. In the morning, Jonathan went out to the field at the appointment where he kept his word. He had this young servant out there. He told his servant, run, get the arrows I'm about to shoot. The boy started running, just like Jonathan told him. Jonathan shot the arrows way beyond the servant. And the boy came running into the area. Jonathan yelled out, isn't the arrow farther out? He yelled, hurry quick, don't just stand there. He ain't talking to the servant, he's talking to David. Hurry quick, run. Jonathan's servant then picked up the arrows, brought it back to him. The boy, of course, knew nothing that was going on. Only Jonathan and David knew. Jonathan gave his bow, gave his arrows to the boy, sent him back to town. After the servant was gone, David got up from a hiding place beside the the boulder, then fell on his face to the ground three times. And they kissed and they hugged and they wept. And it wasn't that kind of kiss Guys, cultures are different. Times are different. I remember the first time going to like Mexico and people kiss you. I'm like, bro, back off. What the heck is your problem? And then like, don't flatter yourself. They just do it to everybody. You ain't that cute. It's culture. So just to clarify, just in case somebody needed this little clarification, there you go. David weeping especially hard, crying. Jonathan said, go in peace. The two of us, we have a vowed friendship in God's name, saying God will be the bond between you and me and between my children and your children forever. May the Lord be between you and me and between your descendants and my descendants forever. This is loyalty. This is what a loyal friend looks like. That's a loyal friend that sticks closer than a brother. Sticks closer than a brother. True friendship is what? Laying down one's life. True friendship is laying down one's pride. True friendship is laying down one's own selfish ambition. Again and again and again and again. That's a true friend. That's a true friend. That's a real one. That's a loyal one. Loyalty is a choice. Love is a choice. Choose love and loyalty 
every single day. Love big. And it starts with knowing who love is. God is love, and he loved you first. He is the best friend. He's the faithful friend. Never leave you, never forsake you, always be there with you. We got any loyal ones in the building, right? Raising up our love and loyalty, right? Love and loyalty on your heart, amen? Amen, amen. Y'all received something tonight, right? I know we went a little long, but it was good, right? That love and loyalty, all right? Thank you guys for being faithful ones. I love you guys. Come on, let's go. Woo! Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.